If I had one piece of advice, I would say no one knows what you've planned to say. So just go with the flow. Take a deep breath and treat it like a normal conversation. Because the other person, whoever it is, doesn't have a script, doesn't have any expectation of what's going to come out of your mouth. So it's fine. You know your stuff. So just go out and do it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Student Lawyer podcast series. Whether you're at school, sixth form, university, thinking about a career in law, or exploring law careers, you're in the right place. We are the one-stop shop for student lawyers. If you'd like to join the student lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com. This podcast is brought to you by Feed Ignite. Welcome to the Student Lawyer Podcast Series. My name's Camilla and I'm a law graduate currently applying for training contracts. In this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Roy Magara. Roy is an employment solicitor advocate at Bretherton Solicitors and a course director and motivational speaker at Educo Extra, which is an organization providing interactive workshops on key communication skills. In this episode, Roy is going to be explaining more about the role of a solicitor advocate and sharing some top tips on how to be a better communicator, which I think everyone can agree is a really important skill for future lawyers. So welcome to the Student Lawyer Podcast, Roy, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Camilla. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So, Roy, we'll just get straight into the questions because I've got a few for you today. Um, but can you just tell the listeners a little bit about your um, career background and how you actually became a solicitor advocate? Sure. Well, I started off, I read law at the University of Leicester. That was in 2008. I graduated 2011. I then did the bar originally. I'm not quite sure what it's called now, but it was the bar professional teaching course. When I, when I studied that, I had then started my application for pupillage and uh, I did manage to get an opportunity for pupillage at a firm uh, if I would work there for a year as a paralegal in the advocacy team, fine by me. Uh, but unfortunately, the year after, they didn't have capacity in their advocacy team for pupillage. So I did a bit more experience in uh, another national firm in Birmingham prior to being headhunted for a training contract, which is fairly unusual. Uh, but there were the crossroads. Do I continue gunning down the bar route or do I take a punt at training to become a solicitor and then have the best of both worlds? And the answer was quite clear for me. And thus I did my training contract and eventually did my higher rights exams as well and became a solicitor advocate, which means I can represent clients all the way up to the Supreme Court. Oh, brilliant. In 2016. Fantastic. So that really is the best of both worlds. Um, so what does the, the higher rights course actually consist of? Is it um, is it a long course or is it something that you kind of can add on to the end of the LPC? Yeah, it's certainly something which one can add on to the end of an LPC. Um, but usually I think someone would do that toward the end of their training contract. So uh, at the end of your, your training contract, there are more exams to come. It's not over yet. Uh, but it, it, in the midst of that, you can also do a higher rights exam or course. That lasts uh, a couple of months, or at least it did, it did when, I, when I did the higher rights exams. You can do a fairly intensive few weeks of the course and then sit exams across two weeks. 
and then, hey, presto, you've got your higher rights, which is what I did just to get it over and done with in, in one summer. Yeah, that, that sounds sensible. Um, so have you always been a confident communicator or is that something that you've had to develop over time? Sure. I think I've always been a confident communicator, but whether I've been an effective communicator is also something else. So, yes, I would say having gone through bar school was the baptism of fire to get me to become more of an effective communicator as well as a confident communicator. So what, what would you say is the the key difference there kind of clarity just being like very clear great question i would say that anyone can open their mouth and look to try and convey a message Uh, but but it's the how it's done and it's also how your body language as well plays a part with what's coming out of your mouth your diction your speed your everything in terms of how your audience receives it so that's what I would say the difference is. The, the, the effective part of it is how it's received and if it's received exactly how you want it to be received. Oh, interesting. Um, so what was your motivation for deciding to teach communication skills or, well, to become a motivational speaker as well? Sure. Well, twofold. Uh, since going through at the mill myself in terms of law school and everything else, I've always had various mentors by my side helping me every step of the way. And I think that's something which... It is quite important to me in terms of giving back. Uh, as an employment lawyer, I see all the faux pas that come in terms of people not doing what they ought to have done and maybe saying something that they ought not to have done in the workplace and just trying to find ways, at least from a mediation point of view, how we can bring people closer together. So part of the reason why there's this extra limb in terms of what I like to do is to help people. I'm not trying to do myself out of a job, but 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 to help people thrive and be the best that they can be in the workplace and in their personal relationships as well. Oh, brilliant! Um, so, what would you say the key communication skills are that are important for those who are going into a career in law, um, and how do you think they can develop those skills? Yeah, uh, great question. Uh, first thing I would say is to understand the importance of a first impression. It's all too easy just to think that uh, people can say whatever they want or dress however they want or act however they want and not think that that's going to leave a lasting impression. Uh, so whether it's networking, even if it's online, uh, we know that there's a digital footprint. But but certainly in terms of face-to-face, I'd say be aware that first impressions are everything. If you're meeting people for the first time, uh, do your best especially if they're a senior, say if you're a law student and you're going to a, a, a legal event somewhere, don't look at the CEO or the QC or the whoever and think they're holier than thou. Uh, treat them and speak with them as you speak with a friend of yours uh, with, with, with the relevant amount of, of, of courtesy, of course. Uh, but I would also say that body language is so important. For example, when I was at bar school, one of the eye-openers for me is they recorded uh, our advocacy. And it's amazing the sorts of things your hands do, your eyes do, your eyebrows do, everything your, your whole body does without you even realizing. So self-awareness. I don't know whether you, you've done that on, on, on the LPC in terms of advocacy or anything like that yet, but that was an eye-opener for me. I can imagine. I mean, when I listen to podcasts back sometimes, I just, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if everyone has that thing where they don't like listening to themselves back, but I guess it would be similar for if you are having um, your advocacy filmed. You can go back and see exactly what you um, what you did and 
where you could have done better. So it's it's a brilliant tool, I think, um, you know, recording yourself and, and looking back. I definitely like to do it with the podcast. So um, that's that's brilliant. So so how, how would you say that law students could like develop their skills further? It sounds silly, but grab a newspaper or a book or whatever it is, find a mirror and just practice speaking out loud from whatever it is you're reading. And, and as you mentioned recording, I think recording yourself, it sounds really cringy. Yeah. But you soon realise, oh, I'm, I'm speaking too fast or I'm speaking too slow or I've got intonation every time I speak. And all, all these sorts of little things, especially when you ask someone else to listen and provide you with some constructive feedback. So some brutal yet constructive feedback, I think that helps because the reality is as as lawyers in whatever practice you would like to go in, whether it's mainly uh, court facing or whether it's corporate facing or otherwise, uh, you will have to convey yourself to your clients in a particular way. And uh, while I'm not saying that everyone has to sound like me or, or speak in a certain way, uh, your clients want to be able to feel like they can trust you and give them something that is affecting their lives in some way, shape or form. And for you to be able to do it, uh, and the tool that we have as lawyers is uh, the way that we communicate. Right. So what advice would you have for those who struggle with the confidence side of things um, or perhaps might have imposter syndrome? You kind of said earlier that confidence wasn't something that you personally struggled with. Um, but what advice do you give those who in in, in need of confidence boost? Yeah. One of the things that I teach on the course is trying to look at everything as an opportunity. So, uh, for example, I appreciate for some people, like for me, speaking to people or making connections is something that I actually enjoy. Public speaking yeah. is something I enjoy, which is probably quite weird for a lot of people. But the reality is that through no fault of their own, there's some people who either just don't prefer it or, or struggle with it. And that's fine. But I think mindset in terms of looking at a public speaking opportunity or a networking event or some kind of group activity, uh, see, when you see it as an opportunity, I think the mindset changes because you begin to see the benefit of you doing it. The reality is whatever fear you might have or whatever thought process you have, it's just that. You can train your mind out of it. And, and and so what I would say to law students is is just continue to have a go. Don't be afraid. We, we've all been there in some way, shape or form. That's so true. I, I completely agree that the more you kind of do something, the more you put yourself out there, I guess, the more comfortable you get with being uncomfortable in that situation. Yes. yes. And another thing, if I may, just in terms of practical skills, if someone may get nervous in a situation just simple things like taking a moment to yourself take a take a deep breaths in and out so you can slow your heart rate down yeah or something as you may want to do this when you're on your own stand in the sort of superman pose and just little things like that just for a few seconds prior to going into something make surprising differences yeah, I've, I've heard about power poses, actually. I think there's a TED Talk by Amy Cuddy that I've, I've watched, yeah. um, which I found quite good. It, it makes an actual difference to, it really does it really help your confidence. So that's that's definitely good advice. 
So let's imagine someone's listening to this podcast who maybe doesn't have time to practice. Maybe they've got an interview tomorrow or maybe they've got to, you know, do some public speaking. You know, we're in lockdown, so it would probably be kind of over the computer. But mm-hmm. what what advice, you know, is there one piece of advice you could give to them um, about how they can try and improve um, their or confidence and maybe clarity or just be a better communicator um, for, for whatever they might be doing? Sure. Good question. Uh, if I had one piece of advice, yeah. I would say no one knows what you've planned to say. So just go with the flow. Take a deep breath and treat it like a normal conversation, whomever you're speaking to. Because the other person, whoever it is, whoever the audience is, doesn't have a script, doesn't have any expect- expectation of what's going to come out of your mouth. So it's fine. You know your stuff. So just go out and do it. That's really powerful. Um, I think that's that's brilliant advice. That's something that, yeah, does play on people's minds, but can play on my mind. If something doesn't go perfectly, you start to think, you know, oh, it's going all wrong, but actually no one really knows how it's supposed to go. So I guess fake it till you make it. Maybe that could be <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe an add-on. <laughs> Right, right. And the other person on the other end of the line, the phone, the table is also a human being. Yeah. And the reality is because they're a human being, they're probably feeling and thinking the same things as well. But it's again, it's just part of the game, as it were. Yeah. So I I just kind of mentioned the fact that, you know, we're in lockdown. So, you know, video meetings have become a part of everyday life. Um, Do you think that people need to change the way they communicate you know from real life to um this this online life that we have become accustomed to in the past few months think there any changes that people need to make to their um communication skills uh well i suppose it depends on the medium if it's a a zoom call where you're on camera and it's um an whether it's an interview or some sort of professional related arena then I would treat that as if you were in person. Right. So we've seen all the things on, on on Sky News, for example, people coming on with a shirt at the top and their pajamas on the bottom. Yeah. I mean, I personally <laughs> would say just to treat, treat everything as if you were in person yeah. it is number one because again that, that that helps the first impression. If possible, have a sort of blank background. Don't have all your your teddy bears. Have all your teddy bears on show if you're trying to look professional. I mean, don't get me wrong. We all have a life. We all have our hobbies and interests outside work. But when it comes to being professional, you want to convey a certain message. But uh, equally, from the speaking point of view, I don't think much ought to change. For example, in in the conversation I'm having with you, yeah, I'm still making sure that I'm listening. I'm taking things in effectively i'm trying to understand the context of your questions and i'm being aware of the speed of my speech uh the diction and making sure that i answer your question adequately brilliant so i i assume that um you know because we are in the in the lockdown there's there's nothing really going on in terms of workshops but if listeners are interested in learning more about um the workshops that you do and Educo Extras courses, where can they find more information? Yeah, great. Thank you. Uh, so I can either be contacted on LinkedIn. Right. Uh, you've mentioned my name already, yes. Roy Magara, uh, personally, or uh, they're welcome to look at uh, the website as well, uh, educoextra.co.uk. Okay, so what I'll do for the listeners is leave these details 
in the um, the description box of the podcast. So if anyone would like to go and check them out, um, you can just click on the links below. Thank you so much for joining us today, Roy. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Um, you've given some really fantastic advice that I'm sure will help our listeners to become better communicators. Um, and I'm definitely going to be trying out some of that advice myself. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. Please don't forget to leave us a rating and review if you like this episode and share it with someone that you think might find it helpful as well. Um, Don't forget to follow us on iTunes, Spotify or Google Podcasts to be notified every time a new episode comes out, which is every Monday. So until then, goodbye. To hear more of the Student Lawyers podcast, hit the subscribe button and leave us a star rating and review. If you would like to join the Student Lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com. We'd like to thank Felix Knight for producing this podcast today. Thank you.